the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Will all the kids and teens up through the 12th grade please come forward. How's that? Hmm? How you doing? Good, I'm glad. How y'all doing? Good. So what's today? Sunday. What else? First Sunday of the year. No, actually it's the second Sunday of the year because January 1st was the first. But in our church liturgical calendar, what would today be? The feast of the baptism of of Jesus, of our Lord. The feast of the baptism of our Lord always falls on the Sunday right after January the 6th, the feast of the Epiphany. And so now we're in the Epiphany season. And that lasts up until Ash Wednesday, which begins the season of Lent. So we've got five or six weeks in Epiphany. And and it begins with the Feast of the Baptism of our Lord. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you trust your moms and your dads? Hmm? Do you? Let me ask you, why would you trust them? Have they told you something and it was true? Yeah? Did they ever tell you something like, don't stick your finger in the fire and you stuck your finger in the fire and you found out that, that you should have done that. You ever do that? Any of you? Or don't stick your finger in that plug, okay? Whatever you do, don't stick your finger in that plug because it will hurt you. And sometimes, sometimes people do things that even when we're told not to and we learn the lesson that we should have listened to in this case, our parents, because they were telling the truth. And so we learn to trust our parents because they're trying to keep us safe, right? And so when they tell us with their voices, don't do that because you could hurt yourself, we learn not to do it the next time, right? Because we don't want to get hurt. And so we learn trust that way. Well, in the gospel lesson today on this feast of the baptism of our Lord, Jesus As he was being baptized by John the Baptist, dunk under the water and came up. What happened? Anybody remember? What? The heavens opened. opened. I don't know what that looked like, but it says the heavens opened, right? Huh? Like in heaven, two doors or something? I could be. I don't. I I don't know what that would look like. But and then what happened? The dove came down like the Holy Spirit landing on Jesus, according to Matthew's gospel. And then what? Um, yes? God said, this is my son. God said, this is my son, my beloved, or whom I love. Something. Yeah? yeah. And who I am pleased. With whom I am pleased. Yeah, yeah, that's right, with whom I am pleased. So if we heard God say that to Jesus, 
Now, if, if, God, if God the Father tells Jesus, I, this is one I really love and I am so pleased with him, that means we should listen to Jesus? Yeah. Now, what if the voice said, oh, that's Jesus. I don't trust him very much. <laughs> we probably wouldn't listen to Jesus very much, would we? But that's not what God said, is it? He said, this is my son, and we believe he is the son of God. We believe he is God and man. And so, and because of what the father said, I am pleased with him, means that, that, that we are pleased with Jesus too, because, and we can trust Jesus for all of his ministry, because his ministry began after that. Everything Jesus did, we can say, oh, I trust that to be true. And even in our lives, 2,000 years later, when we read the Bible, and when we come to church, and we hear the word spoken, and when we do the things that Christians do, we can trust that because God speaks and tells us that he's pleased with what Jesus did, and therefore his followers, us, what we do. Pay attention to that. Always do what Jesus tells us to do. Always. Because if we do something else, and a lot of people do, and sometimes we do, we go into darkness. But if we do what he says, we stay in the light, and we keep heading toward our heavenly home where we will all be with God forever and ever. Always. Okay? All right? Y'all good? You good? Y'all good down there? All right. Thank you for coming up here. You can get a packet from Mr. Music over there if you would like. I don't know if you know what I'm about to tell you, but Mahatma Gandhi, he walked almost everywhere he went barefoot, without shoes. His feet became quite thick, hard, calloused. He was also quite a spiritual person, very mystical in a sense. And even when he was not on a hunger strike, he didn't eat much and he became quite thin, quite frail. Furthermore, due to his diet, he wound up with very bad breath. Therefore, he came to be known as a super callous, fragile mystic plagued with halitosis. <laughs> super callous, fragile mystic plagued with halitosis. Uh, thank you, but I did. I said it right, didn't I? There's also a story about a married couple who says they haven't fought in 25 years, never had a fight. Friend asked the husband, well, how did you make that possible? And the husband replied, well, we went to Paris on our honeymoon. And while we were riding horses, my wife's horse jumped and she fell off the horse. She got up and she patted the horse, got back on the horse and said, that's the first time. After a while, it happened again. Wife got back on the horse, petted the horse. That's the second time. When it happened the third time, my wife took out a gun and shot the horse. Man shouted, you psycho, you killed the horse. 
She gave her husband a grave look and said, that's your first time. <laughs> and they never fought after that. As we said with the, uh, with the kids and teens, um, today is the feast of the baptism of our Lord. Again, it rolls around every time, uh, every year at this time, right after the Feast of Epiphany, January the 6th. And Matthew, who, uh, whose gospel we read today, like all the other gospel writers, starts his story of Jesus' ministry with John the Baptist. Not the story of Jesus, but with Jesus' ministry. Begins it with John the Baptist. We have no records of Jesus between the age of 12 and his encounter with John the Baptist approximately 18 years later. In Matthew's gospel, we don't even have the, have the records of Jesus at age 12. In the other gospels, we do. We all know that John the Baptist's ministry started before Jesus' ministry, according to the scripture, and was obviously very significant. In Matthew's gospel, this is a changeover point. This is where the baton is passed from John to Jesus. So first we have a movement centered around John, but then after he baptizes Jesus, there is this changeover, or as in John's words, he, John, must decrease while Jesus increases. John was somewhat of a wild man. He lived a radical, ascetic lifestyle, living in the desert, wearing beggar's clothes, if you will, eating locusts and honey. He preached a fiery message of the wrath of God, the coming judgment on this sinful generation. He called people back to radical obedience to the Hebrew scripture and threatened the fiery anger of God on those who did not repent, on those who did not obey. Jesus recognizes and affirms John's message by coming to him for baptism along with all the other crowds coming to John the Baptist for baptism. Now we might not be comfortable with using the words conversion and repentance for what happened to Jesus at that time. But whatever we want to call it, when Jesus was baptized, there is a huge change in his life from that time on. For the past 18 years, Jesus had done nothing to hit the headlines. To the best of our knowledge, he'd worked in the family carpentry business for pretty much all that time, those 18 years. There are no reports of crowds flocking to Jesus sitting on the sawdust as hanging on every word as Jesus spoke as he worked with the wood. So far as we know, he made no waves, drew no attention to himself. But immediately following his baptism, the devil personally makes a last-ditch effort to throw Jesus off course. And then within a chapter or so, he's got people quitting their jobs to follow him. People bringing the sick from all over the country and the surrounding area to be healed by him. Large crowds gathering on a mountainside 
four or five thousand people plus to listen to his message. And it's not much longer that he's got the religious authorities up in arms accusing him of blasphemy and then plotting to kill him. And as you know, within three years of his baptism, there's been a conspiracy to have him tried on false charges and he's tortured and he's executed. All quite a dramatic impact from a gentle carpenter from Nazareth. Something changed very dramatically with that baptism. And Matthew records it so that we can not only understand it, but so that we who are baptized as well can imitate it, can do likewise. Matthew is calling for the church to undergo the same sort of dramatic transformation so that we too can make an impact on the people around us. Here's the story. John looked up to see who was next in line. And when he did, he just kind of froze in his tracks because there standing before him was Jesus and he recognized Jesus immediately. Jesus steps up to be baptized like everyone else standing in line. But John shakes his head and says, how can I baptize you? It is you who need to be baptizing me. And they debate that fact for a while. And John finally gives in and he baptizes Jesus. And then as Jesus comes up out of the water, as we were just speaking in the children's sermon, the sky opens up and the spirit of God descends and alights on Jesus in the, in the form of a dove. And a voice comes out of that opening in heaven and says, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And then the story's over. It's that short. So first let me say that baptism is about making something new. It's about allowing God to start with who we already are, everything about us, both good and bad, and making us new. It's about allowing God to take our lives, to transform our lives, allowing us to begin to think and speak and live and act in ways that represent to the world the image of Christ. So the world can see the image of Christ in and through us. As we practice our baptisms day in and day out, it begins to transform our stinginess into generosity. It transforms our prejudices into love. Does it all happen at once when we are baptized? No. But those are the kinds of things that happen throughout our lives as we continue to be open to what our baptism means to us. The Christian life is at its best an ongoing transformation in which we continue to be shaped by the presence of God within us. And we become over time what God intends for us to become. You know, when I take a child from its mother's or father's arms and say the words of baptism, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, there are times when I find myself looking into the eyes of that child and wondering, what about you? Are you going to live your life for God? 
now that he has claimed you and made you his own. What does God have planned for you in your lifetime? And I do the same with older people. I still wonder how is God going to bless you into blessing others? So baptism is a beginning which leads to magnificent things within the kingdom of God. Now for us Anglicans, baptism is certainly a sacrament showing that we have been included into the family of God, into the body of Christ, the church. Maybe you remember that episode of the Andy Griffith show. I like just recently started watching some of these old shows, bring back memories. We watched The Real McCoys. I think it's because I got a hitch in my get up <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, but the Andy Griffith show in which the Women's Historical Society had discovered that a living descendant was a, a living descendant of a revolutionary war hero was living right there in Mayberry and the news generated great excitement and curiosity throughout the town and people made plans for recognizing that hero's relative. Now of course Barney Fife, the deputy sheriff, twisted his own family tree to the point that he put himself in line for that honor and the rest of the townspeople they just felt special that someone among them was related to a hero. However, everyone was really shocked when the news came back. A careful analysis of the genealogical records determined that the hero's descendant was none other than Otis Campbell, who was the town drunk. And despite instructions to find a substitute Otis for the presentation, the real Otis, he showed up for the ceremony. And when the ladies gave him the plaque, which they had especially engraved for this relative, Otis gave the plaque back to the town. And he said, just because I am a descendant of a hero doesn't make me one too. So I would like to present this plaque to the town of Mayberry, to which I am just proud to belong. And aren't we all just proud to belong? Aren't we happy to belong, to be included? In baptism, we are included. We are incorporated into the body of Jesus Christ, his church. We are brought together, held together by the grace of God, by being members of his church. A voice came out of heaven and said, this is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Not only did this bring great delight to God the Father, in whom I am well pleased, but I imagine that those audible words brought joy to Jesus as well. After his baptism, by the power of the Spirit, Jesus changed the world forever. And you know what? I'm sure that God takes pleasure in our baptisms as well. And after our baptism, God empowers us as well, gives us power, God's power, to change the world. And I'm not trying to suggest that we are equal to Jesus because we are not. 
Jesus was unique as both son of man and son of God. I am suggesting, however, that the same spirit who empowered Jesus is available to each and every one of us. We cannot expect to do what Jesus did on our own, but empowered by God's spirit, according to the Holy Scripture, we can do even greater things than Jesus himself did. Those are Jesus' words, not mine. We can do greater things than even Jesus himself did. You know, there are millions and millions of Christians out there today that you and I have never heard about. Christians who are changing people's lives for the good. Most of them will live and die known only by their families, by their friends. They will say maybe a kind word here and do maybe a kind deed there. They will listen when a friend needs to talk. They will teach a Sunday school class or lead a Bible study or join the altar guild or sing in the choir. They will give money for budget, for outreach to help others. They will help to build the church. They will do God's work day by day by day in ways both great and small, but mostly small. And God will bless their efforts and their lives will make a difference because their lives are God-powered. Most people out there in the world today are not like that. Most people in the world say something like, I want what I want when I want it, and if I don't get it, I'm not going to play your game. But because of our baptism, and because the Holy Spirit empowers us, every person in this congregation has extraordinary potential, has power to change the world a little or a lot. You might think that your life is ordinary and it will probably seem ordinary until the day you die. But when you get to heaven, watch out because I believe that God will have a surprise waiting for you. On that day, you will indeed learn that every faithful act of your life took place under the watchful eye of God. On that day, you will learn that God is way more faithful than you ever were. On that day, you will learn that the Holy Spirit worked miracles in and through you, miracles that you didn't even know about. On that day, I believe that you will learn that the Holy Spirit touched your life day after day after day, blessing every kind word that you utter, blessing every faithful deed that you did, causing those kind words and faithful deeds to grow large causing them to bless the lives of others, causing them to change the world a little bit at a time. On that day, I believe that you will learn that empowered by the Spirit of God, your life amounted to more than you ever thought it would and more than you could ever have imagined. So live out your baptism each and every day of your life Live out your faith, rejoice in the Spirit, and expect to do great things. Because by God's power, you will. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.